Okay, welcome to the podcast, everybody. We welcome. are in studio here uh, on the stream. Got some tunes going. Those tunes uh, is an Emory song. It's an Emory song called Biddy. We're making a video for it right now. It's a new single. An interesting fact: the guitar on that song came out of the studio of our guest today, Andy Othling. I did, oh, did I really? the guitar. Yeah, yes, that's the track that I had you reamp on your uh, oh, Matchless yeah. amp. Yeah. So we are, as you can tell, we are joined today by former Christian artist and pedal pedal enthusiast Andy Othling from Lowercase Noises. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll even contest the first part of that. I pushed back against that stupid label the whole time, but yeah. <laughs> well, we'll do that. But when we were down there in your studio in Albuquerque, where you're sitting right now, is where we yes. did a bunch of writing. And one of this is one of the songs that we wrote while we were down there and arranged. And I was playing it on your Matchless Chieftain amp, which costs how much? Was the Clubman? Is the Clubman? The Clubman, which yeah. is about, I mean, new. It's like what, three grand? Why? Why do you Some care crazy. about that? I, I, well, I just think it's fascinating that there's amps that are that expensive. That you know, I've never gotten into a boutique amp before. Well, we're here to talk to you so about so your like, privilege. <laughs> well, hey, I mean, I got it. I got all the privilege you could ever want. You know. But when I've tracked it and then came home and tried to track it with my $800 Vox amp, I just couldn't do it. So I had to send him to DI and have him reamp it so I could get the energy back that we had in the original place. But uh, good to have you on the show today, Andy. Good to be back. And Toby will be bored. He probably won't speak again. We're only going to talk electronic circuits from for the next yeah. ninety minutes. And Delay and reverb gain, pedals, you know. Yeah, gain preamp. Uh, have you ever used a Boss tuner? It's like, uh, it's like fucking actually, insane. The thing about Boss tuners is you'll lose some impedance, Toby. You might lose some high end on your signal. Okay, oh. so you might want to upgrade to like a something else. You know, you could get a little a little better pass through on that. So I mean, it's funny that you don't know. I mean, we'll let you know. We can teach. <laughs> I was joking. I use Strobosoft. Oh, eat shit! <laughs> oh, dang. Let me Google that, too, and see what comes up first, buddy. <laughs> what is your favorite pedal, Toby, that you've ever... Yes. <laughs> What's your favorite pedal? Let's it's a Russian... It. it came from Russia. I don't know if y'all... Are y'all familiar with the Russian ones? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Big Muff. Uh, no, it's not that. It's the... Okay, I'm, uh, I like I'm turning your joke into a serious thing, which is also a joke, so oh, this would be cool. <laughs> nice. I don't know if I can name besides the boss. I know there's a, a boss flanger. <laughs> yeah, 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 you nailed it. There's I know all the more. bosses. Uh-huh. Uh, there's some. Uh, Matt has some on his. That one is blue. I think on your pedal board it looks kind of cool. I think maybe there's I'm some wrong. blue but, pedals. That's true. Yeah, there's you, blue you pedals. I there's, I saw a red pedal one time that I was mm-hmm. like, That's, that has to be good. Yeah, those, those are very good. The, the color uh, red I, makes your pedal better. I'm all uh-huh. about aesthetic with when it comes to pedals. I mean, it sounds like you know. I mean, I apologize earlier for What's the, uh, insinuating uh, that you don't know. Matt yeah. Hoops is 1960 1981. 19, yeah. Yeah, that his pedal is good. I really like that one. Yeah. Um, there, and then uh, the guy from Copeland, Brian, has a pedal company called or a pedal that he makes. It's Quiet Theory. Is that his? Andy? Oh, I didn't know that. The Prelude. I'm the, aware of that pedal. That delay one, the Quiet Theory thing, is uh, Brian from Copeland. He did it similar oh. to Matt Hoops from Lank K. did the 1981 Distortion pedal. So, those oh, I didn't know cool. either of those. I, I'm aware of those pedals. I didn't know they were involved with those people. Now yeah, I know. Yeah. Great. Yeah, that's where they come from. The pedal world is a, is a very, very weird one. And it's kind of yeah. like, uh, I think there's part of the momentum of it is if you avoid it, like Toby's right on the threshold of had to use them sometimes. Like, uh, like yeah. Like they're tools that you don't know the name of in, in your toolbox. Like your dad gave you some tools right. and you have them. You're like, yeah, I got to use that thing with the that you twist to get the 
th- right. other thing off. I don't know if it's a, you know, you don't know if it's a wrench or a socket or whatever. That's the way you feel about the pedals. Yeah, I look at it like a ratchet. There's a bunch of in there, and I, mm-hmm. I can do. What do I need to know if it's you know one one fifth or one eight sixteenth or what? I mean, that's. As long not as a I bad pull way to out, think about it. I pull honestly. out all of them, and then the one that works is the one that works. Yeah, that's I mean, it. yeah, that's that's it. But on the other hand, the people that get into the pedals, let's just go into the psychology of these people. There's a real idiots. scene, right? Like I, I literally know oh nothing gosh. about the pedal scene, but there's like just like music nerds that get into the gear and stuff. Like that, that's a real scene, oh, right? Andy? I mean, there's a point to where there's no music involved anymore. Yeah, it's that you know, people wow. are like, oh, I I made a pedal board that's all pink pedals. And I'll put it on Reddit, and that's the extent of their journey, you know? Wow. <laughs> well, the weird thing about it is the type of people that get into it, there's this baseline thing of it where it's just nerd, like, is the the largest category. So, like, a jock yeah, yeah. wouldn't get into pedals, but a nerd right. would. Is that, is that the broadest way you could break it down? I would. A jock would get into it as much as they... as. As soon as they could play their first Papa Roach riff, then they've got what they need, you know? Right. But then, <laughs> yeah. then that's it. But because yeah, the there's jocks the in music, are, yeah. you know. Sure. Yeah, I mean, there's just, the jock just, style. They're, they're doing what Toby's doing. They got the boss. Right. They got the blue pedal, and then they they got a red one, maybe, and that's all. They, that's <laughs> what they do. Yeah. But then you subdivide on the people that are nerds, and then there's like musical nerds. Then there's technical nerds, and then there's the just the super subculture ones. And then the best, of course, is uh, what is the demographic of Christian pe- <laughs> Christian pedal users is a whole different. It's, galaxy that's right? even a whole different world yeah i mean yeah. you know that the christian thing like the worship leaders yeah. the praise and worship community and what they do when they talk about a freaking start talking about reverb and delay and the ambient stuff i mean it's yeah. that's like the whole market i mean it seems like that's well and yeah the and biggest since the music, thing in the world and since the music isn't interesting to play the the gear takes a bigger piece of their time and <laughs> it, it, I do know? think that it makes it see, it makes you feel more legit as a musician. Like for example, when I when I worked at uh, two separate mega churches, uh, there were some really great musicians. Mm-hmm. I mean, they really were. Like uh, you know, oftentimes it's, I think sometimes it's probably like country music. A lot of people think country music artists aren't that good, and they're actually phenomenal guitar players or whatever. But oh, I yeah. think I think a, a, the really good ones would do pedal stuff so they could feel more like what it would be on the outside of the four, the four church walls. You know what I mean? Like it gives you a little bit extra. Uh, it gives you cred something or something to like, do. hey, look, he knows what he's talking about here, or she knows what she's talking about. I guess. Yeah, whatever. but that's when it gets starts to get really gross, though. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. like you know, any there's it happens. It happens in a lot of the cultures and scenes of I, I, I as a nerd. Okay, so I'll identify on the nerd side of the yeah, spectrum me too. there. As I go that way, me too. it's the same with recording gear, pedals, <laughs> or anything technical you get into there, and then you get these people that go overly into it yeah. as a way of ha- uh, enforcing a hierarchy or a status thing that is not based in the art form or the thing no. you thought you were talking about, right. and now they're playing some fucking game. And it's you know pure, I mean? it, it's, it's right. pure facts trying to, they're trying to do these like online arguments and whatever about a purely subjective topic, which goes wrong immediately. And then yeah. you add Christianity to it and it's just a, a time bomb. You know, it's terrible. It's really Yeah, and, and they, I'm sure pe- board game nerds do it or Dungeons and yeah, Dragons I mean, nerds do it. It's everybody freaking, does it, you know. People collect spoons, you know, it's the same thing. It's. You it's know, the good. argument about the subjective. It's like the, it feels like the Calvinist and the pedal heads line up right. on top of each other, right? In the church. Oh yeah. Well, and then there's it's the people same who are, attitude. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you got you got all kinds of people. You got people who criticize me for not actually playing the guitar and playing the pedal board. You got people who criticize me for uh, using pedals at all. I should just be running a Telecaster straight into a Marshall, according to some people. <laughs> That's true. That's true. When um, I first got into pedals, they said, well, no, sorry, when I first got electric guitar, Mm-hmm. It was my friends, all the Dave Matthews friends and the worship capo guys with Birkenstocks <laughs> yeah. in 1997 in South Carolina told me that electric guitar and distortion, the only reason you would even use electric guitar is to hide mistakes. Yeah, that you're no good. <laughs> yeah. That, of course, distortion pedal is just a dead right. giveaway that you can't play. Oh, yeah. That's what it's for. And it was just seen as like bad. I promise you, in the high school that I was in, there was one kid that had an electric guitar and a distortion pedal, and I found him, and I it changed my life. I, I mean, it changed my life. I have the pedal now. It's an orange, just the orange Boss distortion pedal. I have it right here. It's right there, right behind me. Um, the SD1, that, probably? Uh, the S1. <laughs> Very close. Uh, I did it. Yeah, I, just, it, I got it. But almost. it totally changed my life when I heard it and plugged in everything, and I was so excited about it, and I couldn't find one other person that even thought it was cool, and they just made fun of me for not saying that. You know, I wasn't I doing a, right. the playing Dave Matthews worship music, whatever. I have right. a distinct memory that this this blew my mind. I was I was playing on a, a worship team at my first church that I went to, and I was just playing like a you know those old like effect all in one units like the floorboards, the Digitech RP whatever units. Yeah. Like I had one of those and a tube screamer in front of it, and I had the tube screamer on. And I was showing this friend of mine. I was like, "Can you hear the difference?" Like it was like clean guitar versus like super distorted guitars. Like, can you hear the difference? She was like, "No." I can't hear the difference at all. I'm like, it's fu- it's fucking clean, and then it's totally distorted. Like she's like, I don't know, I don't, I don't hear anything. Like, oh, okay, wow, I didn't realize people are on. You know, I think it's the I, same way as like I always thought hardcore screaming music. It was just all noise. Yeah, until yeah. until, yeah. until I found yeah. one song where I was like, wait a minute, this is something, and then I could tell the difference between voices and how they screamed and what they did. <laughs> see, you know, that see, and for me, I'm like, oh, distortion. this band uses 5150s. It seems like they got a tube screamer up front. They've got a noise gate in the loop. Like, you could tell all that <laughs> stuff. Like, oh, this is a Mesa Boogie band. Oh, this is a 5150 band. Like, you yeah. can tell all that stuff. Does that make yeah. you think, like, when you when you know what they're using, does it degrade or upgrade what you think about them? Uh, like, uh, like, if they use a Mesa Boogie or something like that, you go, uh, or, no. all right. No, bro, I, dude, I mean, you want to talk about Mesa Boogies? I'm a new metal guy. That's what they all play, right. you know. Yeah. Um, no, I, I don't. I'm up for whatever. I, I don't do any of that BS anymore. He doesn't. Honestly, some of my favorite guitar players, like, you know, Tom Morello plays one of the worst Marshall half stacks ever. It's like the 50 watt JCM 800 that no one ever buys, but he sounds incredible and he uses, you know, right. a whammy with terrible bypass. Like, he uses shitty boss pedals too, and he sounds crazy. Like, it doesn't matter. Do you know his philosophy on that was once he picked out some gear to have that he would never change it? Yeah. Period. Like that was the, how he made his decision. He said, "I always if I wanted, just... I always wanted to be like that because like like all my favorite guitar players are like that. They have their rig and uh-huh. they just use it and they sound amazing and they never change it. And I've always wanted to be like that, but I've only recently come around to be like actually I'm just not that guy. I'm gonna part of what I do is I change my shit all the time." and use different like we were talking about tools like i'm just putting different colors of things on my pedal board and that's what's fun to me so i don't know i finally gave that up because i'm just not that kind of guy i thought yeah, it was t- for a while but i'm not well that's okay to do different style but for tom he he said that to 
just to make the gear that way, he would have to get really, really like everything he ever did would always be very, very under his control and nothing where, uh-huh. you know, where he was chasing it or figuring out what it was. So it, no matter what, every sound he ever made, he would be completely confident and a boss of, of it pardon the mm-hmm. pun that and then i think that really obviously works for him and and plus it helps you have a style to not change your gear all oh the time. yeah but I, you, I think you have a different way altogether you're like and take this this uh this will sound like a giant compliment but think about like the beatles when they were first recording yes. and they said that the studio became part of the instrument and you're playing into the compressors that yeah, make the whole, sound yeah. you know and so you you think of the whole the whole rig, the whole external th- part, as not only it's it's a step beyond that. It's it's even primary. The equipment is almost yeah. primary in your in your playing. Yeah, hundred percent. And like I, I'll do I I've started recently doing these uh, doing these morning streams three days a week, and like so so I stream for an hour from seven a.m. to eight a.m. my time. Nice. Um, just doing this improv ambient stuff and like. Completely honestly, I probably play. I, I'm touching and tweaking the pedal board more than I'm touching my guitar and playing my guitar. So, mm-hmm. and I don't care. Like that doesn't bother me. And I, you know, so I don't. And that that's just how it goes, though. That's what I'm doing. I'm trying to. So do you're very touching the guitar stuff. the right amount, though. That's really is the right amount for what you are trying. Yeah. the sound you're trying to create or the yeah, art and, you're and trying to create. Exactly, and yeah. and that's kind of the challenge of it. Is like I do I do a lot of just straight up listening. I'm like I'm just gonna sit here for maybe three minutes and just listen to what's happening. Let it go. And that's, that's kind of the challenge of it is like only, only doing what's necessary as little as possible. That that's, that's a way more fun challenge to me than. Now you're starting to sound woo woo. No, I like it. Am I? I don't know. No, I just, I remember seeing you at uh, audio feed. I think Devin and I went and watched you at audio feed. And one of the things I liked about it was, it really, because I even think you told me this before. Like, I don't you put in headphones, you don't really even hear the audience, and you don't really oh, look yeah. at the audience that much, do you? Yeah, I got in ears and I got a projector blinding me, so right? I can't see or hear anything except. And I, and I thought that it felt as an audience member for that show. I was like, this is really cool because it means you are in your own little world creating the thing that you want to hear as opposed to just playing a song like that. I mean, yeah, I know people want to hear Emery's music and we, and that's, I really enjoy it and I feed off the crowd, but your, your show experience was kind of neat because you are creating something as I watch it. And it probably is different every time, even if it's minute, it's still different yeah. and unique mm-hmm. and you might hear something and you can stay there. That feels a little bit more free and you didn't move that fast. You just you mm-hmm. go to your keyboard or your computer or you'd play your guitar or whatever and I was just like, Oh, he's just yeah. moving freely without the need of the audience. And that uh-huh. and that made it honestly probably more fun for me. I thought that part was really cool. I believe yeah. that that's the future of... I'm sorry to interrupt you there, but go ahead. And then I'll tell you about the future. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was just going to say, yeah. That's okay. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. uh, I was going to say, though, that that style of performance is a big deal because I'm telling you, with this COVID thing, y'all heard of it? The... Yeah. This with the, in these times of the corona, as I put it, ah, these th- times, that yeah. one thing about where you're playing a pop song that the crowd knows and you're babysitting them and their energy level back and forth, that is the core of most live performance, you know, yeah. like the yeah. catchy thing that they know, them participating with high energy in a very densely packed at the front of the stage where you're playing, you know, that that is the, the heart of live concerts and performance for the most part. And Except that is and that is gone. 
It is gone. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but that, am, that part I is over for, for this. For now. I, this, this COVID stuff, this is, this is my time to shine. Because there's a, other levels of a performance where it's not all about that frenetic at the front of the stage energy, like watching jazz in a club or, you know, well, yeah. there's just, you know, stadium rock used to be a big thing, but now we don't write for that because that's not really the context. And there's like rock clubs with this or, or, or heavy metal or mosh pits. But uh-huh. that energy component of Spencer from Under Oath yelling at this packed crowd to get your hands up and, right. uh, you know, that is what is missing. We will reopen and there will be music yeah. and there will be performance, but you won't have that. I saw so a, the, uh, you, I think you know, it was in another country, y'all, y'all might have saw it, but uh, it was like uh, EDM or dance music, uh-huh. that kind of stuff, and they did a show, and it was under a bridge, it looked like, maybe this is where raves happen or whatever, like, I don't what know about mean? raves, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a rock band, I'm in Leeds and I have zero information about raves, Uh <laughs> But they had a giant roped off checkerboard, and everybody was in there six foot square, uh, six by six square, and they were just all doing the, uh, uh, you know, moving the arms and doing all this stuff. And I was like, oh, that's so crazy. It did, it wasn't that fun. I was like, well, you no. just, you have to be in yeah. a roped off area to dance at a venue where everybody right. is, and you think, yeah, and it still can't be that much safer. I mean, uh, you're still getting pretty close to each other and breathing heavier, and, and I was like, ah, oh. so it, I think you're right. It is crazy how much all this has changed, and I still don't think most people even understand that. No, no because I mean, it's going to open, but that part will be missing, right. and then it'll be like, well, then different norms will emerge of how the shows go. Like, there'll yeah. be performance, there'll be music, of course, but Andy is a good example of somebody who performs not dependent on the crowd you know, thing, but he's doing a performance, and that's where I was trying to get is, I do think it's woo-woo. I do think it sounds like, you know, you say you're there to listen or be present. I mean, it sounds like you're into a, there's a spirituality well, part of that, and I'm trying I mean, to, I'll, you know, I've taken segue. To, yeah, no, I've taken it even to another level with these morning streams, because, like, I, I have, I mean, we talk about whatever, but I've had a ton of mental illness problems over the last 12 months, and, and one of the things that's been really helpful is meditation, and this is... This is me doing it for myself three mornings a week and also for other people and also making money from it and also creating art. You know, I'm like doing all the things at one time. It's like a win-win-win for me. So mm-hmm. it's like and, – and it's it's totally improv too. Like I've – I mean there's so many things I don't care about anymore. Like song structure is one of them. Like like what, what, I, what I'm really excited about now is like – is real-time improvisational – like, are you guys familiar with modular music? Mod, like uh, mo- the modular guys, they got the racks of stuff in front of them, and they're just plugging yeah. in cables and stuff. Yeah, like the, it's more, it's more that kind of of system where where you're just you've got this system of gear that's like doing all this crazy stuff, and you're trying to keep it all in your head. Like I, th- this is going here, and so if I move this, then it does that, and you're like, you're controlling a system that's. It's doing a lot of the work for you, but you're in control, and you're rejecting sounds because this is bad. You're allowing this one through because this is good, you know. Like, so that that thing, whatever that is, is so much more interesting now than like, oh, let's let's find a chord progression and then a melody and then do it four times and then do a right. verse or chord, you know, like that. I just and that's I, the I'm art just, form part of it because anybody can get lost or get high and play with their pedals and find it amazing. I can do that. Yeah. I can sit yeah. down here in my basement with this too. and run it. I do and I do yeah, you that. Could. I have my pedals right here and I'll and sit I've there and play that. with them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I'm a genius when I'm doing it. Like, mm-hmm. and then, I, but then the thought of somebody else listening to me or streaming it or performing it 
it, it's like, oh, yeah, there's this no is pressure stupid. there. Like, is it? Are you able to be meditative with it, with knowing people are watching? Yeah. Well, I mean, the the funny thing is, and like, I over the years, like, I've released all these albums and and done all this stuff and toured and whatever. Um, and and the kind of backbone of all of it has been my my YouTube channel. That's been the thing I've had the longest and where I have the most followers and stuff. Um, but I, I would just put up these, like, I would just call them sketches. Like, oh, this is just like a, it would literally take me like 20 minutes. I would come pull some sound out of my ass, record it on my phone, edit it, upload it to YouTube. And people are like, oh, wow, this is, they really liked it. But, but at the time I was just like, well, that, that's not worthful. That's content isn't worth anything because I didn't spend much time on it. But once, I mean, we could get into, again, the mental health stuff. I've this, this year even, and this past fall changed a lot for me i'm like wait a second i really like doing that thing i'm really good at it mm-hmm. it's like i said i pull this stuff out of my butt and it people seem to really really like it and it and yeah and people like it so like why not do that thing right what and because it, you I had to make it really hang-ups. hard for myself <laughs> yeah i did i had a ton uh, yeah, that's why i wanted that. to have you on because it was uh you know when i first got interactive with you and understanding what you were doing and stuff like that you were in a place that was kind of weird Mm -hmm. as far as uh you were clearly rejecting some stuff and trying to find new places and you had a really bad attitude towards the the pedal heads that we had talked about earlier and pedals and you even your your youtube channel where you stream work on your pedals which is brilliant work that you really understand at a high level and is already entertaining and you were very much rejecting doing that entirely so obviously this is all tangled up with faith mental illness and all that stuff so i figured Mm -hmm. uh and then and you weren't you didn't speak about it really well or clearly and i'm sure it wasn't clear in your own head and i've observed you over the past few months seem to really get a clarity about it and be speaking about it and so I just wanted to spend. I'd like to go through more in, a, in a just we can go through it as a uh, what would we call it a testimony. It's like well, it's I was going to say. Journey, you know? no, 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 no. I was going to say this is the first time I've ever wanted to share my goddamn testimony. <laughs> you know. Well, let's do it. It's well, your well it's interesting for me too because Andy is one of one of our, our band's favorite people. Like we met you, and then we we made we, you go on tour with us and hang out with I us. I wanted stuff. to. That was I, so no, no, awesome. I know, I know. But I'm saying Those it's really great. fun. And I can remember even uh, that when you stopped through uh, Franklin, and we sat and a lot of the, a little known a uh, little known fact about you that people won't know is that you love beer. But you mm-hmm. are the slowest beer drinker ever in the history of the world. Yeah, it's, it's, it's unreal. I enjoy like, it. I mean. I've never seen somebody drink so slow, but all that to say, it's always fun hanging out with you. And I saw like a, a steady decline mental health wise. It got worse and worse and worse to a pretty yeah. dark spot. I, I mean, and you guys were, you guys were here at my house for not yeah. the bottom, but pretty close. Right. It seemed low. It seemed really weird. By the time we left, I was like, man, is he okay? I, you know, I didn't, yeah. it seemed, I didn't know if you were really okay at that point. <laughs> Yeah, because when when you guys were here, I was in the I was in the cycle of every other night I was not sleeping at all. So mm-hmm. like one night, like I feel like I left you guys like eight p.m. every night. I was like, I'm either gonna sit in bed and watch Netflix for twelve hours, or I'm gonna go to bed at eight p.m. and wake up at eight a.m. because I'll be so tired. <laughs> so that was the cycle I was in. It was really great. It was really fun. <clears throat> all right, let me interrupt the conversation here a little bit. We'll take a chill pill. We're gonna listen to a little bit of music and vibe it out here. Um, Reva's going to play the song here. What we're hearing is a song called You, and it's a single from the new off-road minivan record called Swan Dive. This is a tooth and nail record, of course. So 
Let's just listen to it for a few seconds here. Okay, again, we're listening to a song called You, and it's the new single from the band Off-Road Minivan. It's off their record, Swan Dive. This record is their follow-up to their 2018 Spiral Gaze EP. Swan Dive, this new one, just came out on May 15th on Tooth and Nail, and you can listen to it everywhere. You're listening to it right now, but I think you probably want to hear more of it. And apparently you can listen to it everywhere, so go check it out. Yeah, let's just tell it in the whatever frame you would need to to explain explain the whole thing to get to what I mean. I guess we're ultimately going to a, a deconversion yeah hard story here. And I wanted to talk about that Hawk Nelson thing. We can talk about it on the front end or back end, but I think you know you responded to that as wow, that's similar to me. I only so found I that yesterday to, too. I was like, holy yeah. shit! I didn't realize. Yeah. So that's the the territory. I don't care what order or whatever we want to go in, but all that and the Christian music and the way it, you know, it's, that whole world's quite interesting. And you've got a whole pathway through it and yeah. coming out the other side in a way that I think a lot of people are coming to right now. So it's interesting. Yeah, and I don't know. Yeah, I don't know really where to start. I mean, a, one one of the big things for my story is that I didn't start going to church until I was in middle school. So, like in talking to a lot of my friends who have all recently deconverted and have had mental health issues because of the church. Um, I th- I think I missed some stuff that some of my kids got, some, like, trauma. Like, I- I've got a friend who just confronted his parents the other day, like last week, to tell them many things, but one of the things was, hey, that was really shitty that when I was five years old, you told me 
uh, if I sinned, I was going to hell. Like they started telling him that at five years old, and he had true mental health suicidal issues because of that, literally. Um, so I missed some of the early stuff because I didn't come into church until I was in middle school, and I got in just barely late enough that I was like, wait a second, some of this stuff is really stupid, and I'm just not going to do it, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Like I was I was given the list like, oh, if you like Limp Bizkit, you should listen to uh, TFK. I was like, right. no. I'm not like I couldn't they couldn't make me feel guilty about any of that stuff and like I all pretty much all of my friends have had the experience once or multiple times of throwing out all their CDs or burning books or whatever you know I Andy, never... I went my, when I got actually saved I would say is I was at a, a little I guess it's a conference or a, mm-hmm. a, what was a, and everybody brought down their CDs to the floor and there was like a hundred CDs or something. And then the evangelist had us jump up and down and smash them. with see, our I, <laughs> that, I, I, I lived through that. Yeah. See, I got in just late enough that I was like, this is stupid. I was just like, right. I'm not doing this. You can't tell me what to do. You're not my boss. Like, <laughs> and, right. and you know, one, one of the things I've learned, I've been going to therapy for over a year now and it's been one of the best things that and medication. Um, but I'm learning a lot about my anti-authoritarian <laughs> tendencies. And when people tell me what to do or think, I very much do the opposite mm-hmm. um, because of because of the fact they told me. That's why therapy works for me because therapy works in a way that it makes me decide, like I'm deciding what to do with my life. The therapist right. isn't doing jack shit. He's just like re- regurgitating words back at me in a different order. And I'm like, oh, wow. That's incredible that right. you said that. Well, I, I said it, so that's why I'm doing it. Wow, I'm incredible. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, and I, it's just like, well, usually it's like, oh, I'm an idiot. Those yeah, two things yeah. are related. But it's uh, clearer when you hear it. Yes. Right. Yeah, so that, that's all therapy is, and that's why it works. Anyway, all that to say is, so I come in, I'm like already weird. We start in an Episcopal church. Um, we, we leave that, or I'm there through college, so middle school through college, and I like... I'm leading worship at the youth group. I'm uh I keep getting put in leadership roles because I know how to play an instrument and right. I'm like kind of smart, I guess. Yeah. Um I got into intervarsity in college and the same thing. I got scooped up for my musical talent. And and also through all of this um I I'm like in the back of my head I'm like, well, being on the stage is the best place to be because you're you don't have to do most of the things that are going on. I'm sure you guys know that. <laughs> like, right. Yeah, but plus use your gifts. I don't call them talents. I call them gifts because they're yeah. for the church. Yeah, I call them that too, yeah. Um, so so that was nice. And, well, whatever. And so I went I went to this other church after that one because my friend went there and my, my now wife uh, went there. It was a, kind, of, kind of a weird Baptist-ish thing. Um, probably the worst theology of any of the churches I went to unfortunately I led worship there I was like a paid worship leader for a little bit and then we and then I just you know we we left that church I was that was kind of when I was starting actually you want you want to hear my first experience of like oh of like disillusionment with music in the church so I was leading worship and we had two drummers at our disposal we had a good one and a very bad one and um (laughs) You probably know where this is going. And so the the good one was not available this Sunday. And I said, oh, I would like to just do maybe like an acoustic Sunday. That would be kind of cool. 
And then and then behind my back, the associate pastor went and said, "Oh, I talked to the drum the, the bad drummer for you. She's going to play this Sunday." I'm like, <laughs> "Oh, you guys you guys don't care about how it sounds. You don't care about my talents. You don't care about what I'm trying to do here at all." all right. And so that was my first it's, and it's all downhill from there. There's, I have a million stories of me, you know, having trying to make a situation better and then being shut down because what, of what when you're whatever. already in that position though, everybody where you're at right now, you know, yeah. that's where everybody who plays music and is Christian has been. It's just every between that bad drummer and you, that is the whole territory of people who yeah. are into music and go to church, which is a gigantic amount of people. There are people that barely yeah. know a few chords and feel and are pressured to use them for yeah. the kingdom, essentially. And then they believe almost narcissistically like that is that they're brilliant all of a sudden. And then you put all these things together and there's all these pressures on it. But why do you – like what is the part of it where you feel like you have to go along with it? Like, why did you do it then? Why? Didn't, I mean, what causes somebody I mean, that, like you? That goes into all the other stuff. I mean, the it's. I mean, the, the real thing here. I mean, I'll just go straight to the top. I mean, like I. The, the whole thing is that there's this massive system, and actually, one thing I wanted to bring up is like I went to an Episcopal church, I went to a Baptist church, and then I went to like a Charismatic church. After that, it's like three wildly different denominations. I see them as basically the same in terms of the harm they did to me and my family. And part of it is like, is like, I feel like we haven't quite gotten a grip on, especially for people my age, because of the youth group uh, situations we grew up in. It's very homogenous across different denominations. Like we all got the same list of music that you should listen to. Despite wildly different denominations, we all had very similar youth group experiences. We all heard fucking Jim Dobson and the stupid, focus on the family bs right. you know like like it's weird because we grew up in these different places but we got a very homogenous shitty yeah. theology and, and youth group experience that may even be difference between you guys and me because i'm just a little bit younger than you guys um, i'll be a therapist for a second you sound yeah. angry i'm super angry <laughs> i'll admit that right now yeah i i'm so angry that i saw that story about the mississippi church getting burned down and for a split second, I was like, nice. Okay, like, so yeah. but I'm saying this is extreme. So, right, I mean, there's a big dissonance in my mind from yeah. what you're saying, what the, your early experience to being glad when a church burns down. So, yeah. yeah, you didn't. You had to play with a bad drummer, now you're glad a church burns down. Yeah. I'm still, there's still a big gap yeah, there for me. Like, there, huh? You voluntarily went to these churches, and now you're saying they harmed you so much. Where, 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 you know, well, how it, do we wasn't, get to it wasn't voluntary. That was the thing. It's like, I, I think, so my experience now, I'm going to jump to the end and, and come back, is like, here, what I believe now, more firmly than I ever believed anything when I was in church, is that when we die, we're all going to the same place. I don't have to worry about that. Um, and, and I, there's, if I'm actually going to tell you my testimony, I have to relate it to the uh, David Bazan documentary. We can wait a little bit. But I just really feel like the church proposed this massive thing as truth to me and many of my friends. Like, I wouldn't be this angry or mad about this if it was just my story. But literally in the past months, like, I've had friends completely break down you know, leave their jobs, not be able to go back to their jobs because of mental things, going back to all this stuff. Um, there is no 
the amount of truth that's put into church theology and what they tell you from the pulpit does not reflect anything I see in the definitions of like the words theology or faith. Both those, the definitions of those words seem to have lots of doubt. It's pretty clear that those are not provable anything or true in that sense, you know, but the whole system the entire time told me that it was. And so me on the other side, I'm, I'm currently now feeling the best I've ever felt. I feel aligned with my internal self. And it's because for two decades, I was told Jesus was the only way to God and that there is a condition to get into the, whatever the good place is after we die. There's a condition on that. You got to do something. And for someone with anxiety like me, that is a nightmare. And those are very normal theological things to say. Jesus is the one way to God and right. whatever. I okay. think those are super harmful things. And they were for me as someone who's anxious, someone who's thinking a lot about this stuff, saying, oh, there is a place where you will, where people, some people go. We Actually, we don't even know who goes and who doesn't. Like the, they'll tell you different things depending on the situation. Like, oh, we don't know who's going to go to heaven or hell. Or, or they're going to be like, well, actually, the gays do. Like, of course, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for decades, having being in a system where I just was forced to say, okay, well, obviously, this is true, and Jesus is the only way, and feeling completely dissociated from it the entire time, feeling guilty that I never wanted to read my Bible, feeling guilty that I never wanted to want to read my Bible, never caring about it. And and so the answer for me now is not, oh, I've now, I've now figured out the answer. I know what the Bible means and I know what Jesus means and I know what he says and it's, that it's true or not. I've given up. I gave up on the whole thing. And uh, I am feeling a million times better. And I feel, like I said, I feel more safe in my eternal existence. If we're, if we're going somewhere, we're all going together, I think. Like, yeah. and I mean, do, do you want me to tell my, my Bazan doc story, the strange negotiations thing? Yeah, go for it. Okay. So, so your, your people, you guys are aware of the documentary, right? The strange yeah, negotiations. Yeah, we had, you probably we had talked the director about on the pod. Yeah. 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 Brandon on. So, so actually, so my music is all throughout that documentary. Right. Like, and the reason is because Brandon came on my podcast years ago when I did it, checked out my music afterwards, used it as temp files for the edit and then was like hey can we just use these for the full thing and so i was like of course yeah that's great um but the craziest thing for me is that that whole documentary is about dave bazan's you know loss of faith his his whole struggle with those freaking house show tours and and whatever um and so to have my music be the soundtrack for that story and then to have that story be so similar to mine, like down to, like I've done house show tours, you know, I've, there's a shot of Dave looking at videos of his kids while he's driving down the freeways. Like I've done that. I've sold merch out of the back of my car. I've been in weird kitchen conversations. Like the, his story is exactly the same as mine yeah. and my music's in it. And then at the end of the documentary, um, you know, he, there's this whole arc to it and and then he says you know he's like he's like i don't know i don't know what's out there i don't know if there's a god or not but he's like it doesn't seem like a closed system 
it seems like things are connected in some way. So, and, and so my testimony is that the fact that my music is so prominent in that film is the only thing that makes me believe Dave when he says that. Because I can't deny the fact that my music is used so much to tell someone else's story but is so similar to mine. That, that, I can't deny that as something meaningful. That's right. super meaningful to me. And so if God is real, if there's a real thing out there, then I believe that that is a message and that message to me is that I'm fine. I am okay with the decisions I've made and the, and the, the trajectory I'm on. Mm-hmm. And if it's not a message, then it's just a cool thing that happened. So, so that's kind of my, my, my little testimony. That, that thing there gives me the peace as a agnostic person at this point to say, finally, I don't care about hell. Finally, I'm not worried about what's going to happen. Because I, I believe my message from whatever, if it is a message, is that I'm fine. So it's and, really guilt and hell, though, is the whole yeah. driver. Guilt and hell plus anxiety, like that's the loop. That's It's a feedback loop of sorts that's just... Yeah, and it's just weird, weird contradictions. Like there's so much talk of unconditional this and that, and then there's so many conditions on things. Yeah. It's like, which which is it, you know? Because I, I feel like if it's pure unconditional whatever, then you don't have a business to build. The thing that think. I've gotten so frustrated with is, and what I feel really hurt by, if, if I would... I mean, I... I, I mean, I guess I, I don't think I, I wouldn't say what I experienced was trauma. Maybe a lot of people were. Maybe I've used that word in the past, but I don't know if I would at this moment. But the thing that I, I would say is I feel like I missed out a lot because humans made God really small. Like what, what you're saying is if there's a God, then he's way bigger and yep. we don't have to make him that small. And maybe it is about connection and meaning and all. And maybe there is something more. But what the hell are you trying to make me not do this thing so I can reach that yeah. th- what, hold on, but let me let me just figure some shit out. You have to make mistakes. What do you do? Why would you tell me you don't care about rock music and you're going to tell me what rock music to listen to? Like mm-hmm. how how dare you? You are destroying art. And if yep. there is a God, He's mad about that. Mm-hmm. But God that is not happy that somebody's telling hell. you don't don't explore art. Do the 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 Walmart version because it's mm-hmm. safe and this is what. The people want you to do. No, it's so awful. Yeah, yeah but it, the, what I'm saying is the whole thing is an authority thing. So to me, yep. I'm not resonating with being harmed because in my mind, I never felt like I owed – like I'm an anti-authority guy pretty through and through and have been since I was pre-Christian, like yeah. age four or five. I mean, I'm not getting along with authority. It's just never was going to happen. Yeah. So I've yep. always been on the – I've never thought, oh, I've got to please the authorities. It was always clear to me there was no possibility for me to do that, even given my best efforts. So I've luck. I think that's fortunate for me. But as such, I never understand why you would give them so much credit to ever listen to. You know, like why are you listening to those people anyway? And why are they telling you what to do? How could they get away with telling people what to do? I'm not talking about the faith and the preaching and necessarily the Bible, but especially the cultural stuff. Mm-hmm. But it, it must be the implied threat of hell is backing it. Why did all these kids listen to these stupid adults saying that? I just never, like, you, you, and you're internalizing it. As it, it must be because the threat of hell is, like, behind them. It's, that's worse yeah. than the principle. I mean, And I know. mean, like, like, like my friend I mentioned before who is much more prone to, I mean, I, de- I have depression. I have anxiety. I've got a dent in my bathroom wall where I slammed my head into it involuntarily one night at 2 a.m. because of this shit. 
Uh, but but my friend, like I mentioned, he's way more prone to suicidal stuff. Um, way more dealing with way more like violent mental issues, and it's because of this stuff. And you know, there, there's there's more than that. But it's I, just, I still I, am lost on that mechanism, and I'm asking to see if Toby can help me from his experience. Why yeah. did like what is it that you're feeling like you have to please that adult? Or is it you're you think they're right and you start to say the hell? Like what is that whole co- cocktail of like control feel I like? Think, to- well, well, I think that with kids, it literally is just fun or punishment for them <laughs> to a certain yeah. age, right? Like like the, either you're just having fun doing whatever, eat the candy, have the ice cream, play, watch the video game, da da, or you're getting in trouble. Oh no, I didn't. And, and so mm-hmm. th- that is the way you're taught God. God gives you everything, but also you better do it the right way, and you better shut your mouth and be quiet when it, the lights are off. Like that's the way we teach our kids, and then we don't ever grow out of it. And the church never grows out of it, and it yeah. just uses that. And then it gets more and more vague about you're right, and then mm-hmm. then the contradictions happen, which people want. But it gets more and more vague about the punishment, and God loves you, and He's going to help you because as you get older, the the punishment isn't it isn't much of a factor in, in making you motivated to go to church. So it has to become about the the greater what you will get in the future whatever god does so i think but you don't ever really move out of that so that's what I, and then you just hold it in and and yeah, yeah. It, it is i mean i promise you that that's what I'm saying. People will say I had trauma, but there were tons of times where I was a seven-year-old and I did something wrong. And for two weeks, I would tell myself, yeah, no matter what, God, I will trauma. pray. I will pray to you every single day. God, please forgive me. Please forgive me. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And I, and I would, I would tell, I would give myself two weeks, like as punishment. Like it's almost like whipping yourself. You know what I mean? Like it was like that. Except you know, I, I guess I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm enough of have a version of pain that I wouldn't smash my head in a wall. In a wall but I would do yeah. something, some kind of. Thing to hurt myself like no you're you've been bad and god hates you and it's going to be terrible and this way you can earn it back and the earning thing with the kid that's the same thing you get the stars mm-hmm. on the board you get the prize at the end if you make good grades you get this and it works really well for a kid and then as you get older you know they can't offer you as much of that yeah, and so you, you don't let them out of then it, it gets va- more and more vague and then you're but you're still left with that punishment mentality that yeah. oh no I'm a piece of shit that that's what yeah. I thought I just, I'm just a piece of shit I mean there I've, I've told so many people how terrible I am and, and there's some truth to that I can there is real truth to that but that can't define me and it, once it starts defining me that's when I get crazy my, so my you brain dealt with it. thinking all kinds of thoughts Look, I'm I'm just sorry I am very fascinated here between because I know you both and the difference in you both yeah. and it and it's both different or foreign to me in a sense but is it feel to you then Toby like you took on the identity of piece of shit as a coping mechanism and then some other people take on the the i'm a good boy that's trying and trying to please people which is more what i hear from andy like no i do need to be good and toby your way of dealing with that guilt or whatever it was and is more of just a go ahead and admit be a clown say you're a piece of shit and get on with it also when you're a piece of shit guess what you need a god yeah <laughs> right you actually really saying. need but you one still right need oh, the wait, guy, if, but that was if i can convince myself i'm a piece of shit then well, what am I gonna? Oh no, there's nothing I can do. So I, I need this this God. I need church. I need the the thing. So I can. I got to keep going back and getting better and better because otherwise I'm really gone. Mm-hmm. If yeah, I'm a, if I'm already a piece of shit at seven years old, good lord, <laughs> what am I gonna be at fourteen? Yeah, what am I gonna be at twenty one? Good lord, I got to get back into church. I got to read that Bible. Just make yourself read it. Well, Just yeah, and, make yourself read it. Well, and you joke, and like the, the the reason I kind of brought that up is for me is like I I believe now that the uh, at least i guess i'll just say american christianity whatever it is right. is bad for me 
individually. Mm-hmm. It is a bad fit for me completely. And no one told me that. Mm-hmm. No one is willing to say, oh, man, right. you're here. I don't think you should be. This right. isn't the place for no you. No one and, would and, say and that. That's, right. And that's the harm, I think. And there are so many people like the, John from the thing, the thing that killed me from uh, the, the Hawk Nelson post is he was like, he talked about how scared he was to be honest about it because of his living. And my, my other friend, not the one who I was just worse. talking about, he was, a pre, he was an ex-worship leader. He specifically had to find another line of work before he started being honest about right. how he felt about anything. And it's like, uh, you, you listeners out there, like, is this what you want from this shit, you know? Right. Like, all these people, John, in that post, he's like, I couldn't be honest until now. Right. Like. This this is what you this is what you got from your fucking system. You got a bunch of people. I know more people that I can't tell you their names right now right. who you would know who they they're not what you think. And it's fucking oh, yeah, stupid. It's oh, fucking yeah. stupid. That yeah, I mean in the Christian and music industry, there are so many people that just feel stuck and they can't you, leave because that's their paycheck and it's real income and it's the same as any other job. You don't tell your your old job that you're applying for new jobs until you get the new job because you I mean otherwise you're going to I mean I, are you going to lose everything that you built, hurt your band members, hurt the fan, all that stuff. And so I, I don't I, really hold that against Can you me. can you guys think of any any fan base that has more rules for artists than Christians? Well, I don't well, know. There might be some vegan straight edge bands or white power bands have a lot of rules, actually. Well, I'm not very you know familiar those. with those. You know a lot about those, Matt? Well, you know, you see them like in American <laughs> History X. There's a white power band playing at the party. I guarantee you they got a lot of rules on they their probably culture. Have some, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, <laughs> so you're, but you're saying church is white power. <laughs> I mean, hey. But, yeah. but going back to what you were saying, it's funny. Uh, uh, this, is, this probably happened, gosh, it's probably been five years ago, six years ago, maybe. Um, I was at my wife's mom's church, and uh, the person who was playing drums was just <laughs> so awful that, and this is the really bad part, it made church so enjoyable for me. I, You know how when you're a kid and yeah. you laugh in church or, or laugh when you're not supposed to, and you, you I, yeah. I promise, I mean, I was late 30s, and I was going, oh, and Jess was mad, and I, but I couldn't stop. Every single song was, no matter what it was, you know, it just, and yeah. then she'd mess up and just stop, stare at everybody, and then start back over. And they get, and I was just, I was, couldn't believe it. And I was like, man, this is so wild. Part of me goes, man, I appreciate that she would do that, that she's, they're letting her play. They probably don't have anybody else. So I can go there. But the idea that I couldn't, as a musician and somebody that couldn't understand that that was really bad, like I couldn't critique it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Without yeah. getting in trouble, right? I think like, that's like, wait a minute, really hold on. I, I can tell you that I, I'm not a drummer. I can go do that. Y'all don't understand. What, what, yeah, what are we and doing? We don't, here? And we don't care. We're not right. And, what are we and doing I don't get here? to use my expertise or or any or even just my yeah. brain. And I was I don't get hired. To go, hey, this is bad. I have to just go. No, it's for God. So that <laughs> like, must I was, good. Yes. I was being paid money to provide a musical experience. I'm like, wait, you don't want me to even give you the best one I can? That's not well, what you want. Like, Let me you tell want? you what I think is crazy about that can't laugh in church thing. That is a fundamental thing in humans. It's, it pre, I swear to you, that is deep in human evolution, and it predates church. I promise you that feeling of not being able to laugh in a certain situation because something absurd from your view is happening, and you can't laugh. I, I promise you, I think that's wrong, 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 and you're looking at it wrong, and I'd almost, I mean, I'm so anti-authoritarian that I think that that's almost abuse to even create such a situation. You are supposed to fucking laugh. 
it's oppressive that you that's why you have that impulse because yeah. powerful narcissistic people who are controlling environments and daring you to not to, to not toe the line it's a very aggressive thing to I'm not I'm saying sometimes it's a misfire but like you're at a wedding and you just want to yell a dirty word or something but the reason you want to yell in a solemn situation is right. because you very acutely realize oh no I'm controlled there's no freedom here even if mm-hmm. something absurd happens you can't say anything humans are wired to you know feel that and resist it I mean it's, it's, it's you should laugh you should laugh yeah. and, and because and then but it's like but he's the pastor and she's the this and he well this is like what are you sure well how do we get how do we get in all these situations where it's un, yeah. it's basically an unquestionable situation where you're not allowed to laugh because some other right. person has power and they're so serious and it means everything and so i think those are times to you know a brave person would laugh in my opinion that would be a yeah. good thing to do that that's what should happen I'm, well, I'm, I know that's what I'm saying, but the situation is oppressive and therefore abusive. I'm not. I mean, I'm not saying every kid that yeah. laughs, and, you know. But you, you see what I'm saying? That is a sign, a warning sign that there's a power dynamic at here, and that is a reaction to it. So pay attention whenever you feel you like you want to laugh at something solemn. <laughs> it may or may not be good, but it's also it's a sign of something. Right. Like that's not means something's not right, and you were sensing it. That's not right. Yeah, yeah and, I, and I felt that. Oh, and I, I was going to say I, I mentioned this over text before we did this but like this uh, this is probably years ago at this point but matt you had a episode with your it was like a nanny or something right someone who went yeah. to hillsong yep and her yep. her story was basically just like yeah i i just think i never believed the whole mm-hmm. time and i think that's exactly my thing too i was just like really trying to force this thing into this other thing and make it work and it just took a toll on me like a big toll on yeah, me. That's and a no one in your brain. No one has the vision inside the system. Right. And and when I mean when I say no one, I mean no one inside three different denominations, you know? three yeah. wildly different ones that they're they're all as far as I'm concerned, they're all they're all the same in what they do to people like me and my friends. So um yeah, I you, just you sound like there's a lot of intent to it though, and I and maybe I come across that way at times, but I don't believe there's intent really in any of that harm almost right. oh, I don't, entirely. I don't care. Know? Yeah, no, I know, but I'm saying that the mechanism is interesting because the mechanism by which you conform is basically just a, a a culture that's narrow, usually driven by some you know distorted power. But the the yeah. pressure to conform is one where the problem is. Everybody in the system's masking something basically to different degrees. So it's not you don't actually get all the different points of view. Even the people that don't believe are desperately trying to pretend and project that they believe. So you don't you're lost if you kind of believe and there's somebody else has questions but they're hiding. Even the people in leadership that could have deemed you as unhealthy, you were pretending to be healthy though as hard as yep. you could, and so were they. So mm-hmm. that's why it's really you you can't find anywhere to grasp uh, uh, down the chain. So it's yep. and, and then yep. you get that conformity cycle, and everybody's well, and, doing and the best they can, and 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 then there's a few powerful leader type people that almost dare you to step out. Line. Well, and that's what's and really fucked up. The thing that kills me, though, like I agree with what you're saying, but I still hold pretty much right. everyone accountable Fair who's enough. in the system because the, the and the thing that kills me, like you know, so many people watched that Bazan film, and I, I'm convinced that largely, I, I'm guessing the majority response of Christians to the Bazan film is like, oh wow, there are a lot of problems. He's right. Good thing it's not me and my church, though. 
Yeah, and and we do a lot of good too. So there's both there's both good and bad to everything. I, I, oh yeah, and I don't I don't care to talk about the good anymore. There's enough people. There's too many people talking about the good and all this shit that I'm only going to talk about the bad, and I think that's fine. And I think that's still not enough. So wow. yeah, uh, I I don't give a fuck anymore. Yeah. Dude, Ravi Zacharias, a bunch of people were talking some nice shit about him. And I was like, fuck you guys. There's an NDA on this woman from some right. the, from when he sued her. That's what I want to talk. That that pissed me off when I saw that. Because I was like, this is exactly the thing. This is a man that all of you love. But he was a massive proponent for a system that hurt me and my friends. And I think is going to hurt a lot of people. A lot of people are going to be breaking, especially during coronavirus, because we're all breaking anyway. But uh, I think a lot of people are just falling out mentally. This Toby, guy, how about Ravi for you? Yeah, go ahead. Promoted I want, I want the Toby's system, take on that. and yeah, we're not yeah. talking shit about it. So there you I, go. Well, I'm trying to get. I actually am reaching out to the guy that wrote the book about Ravi and and the hidden stuff about him because he did he did some shady stuff. He really did. And the yeah. the, the thing is, is if you call that into question, then they would say, yeah, but you look at all the good he did. I mean, I you care. can't. I mean, sure, he made some mistakes, or whatever. Now. Guess what happens when you call in the Bible to question and say, yeah, but look at this. This is messed up. No, the Bible is God's word, and it's all – like you're like, well, hold on. You, so every single thing you do has to be 100% it's okay as long as the Christians say it's okay. But, yeah, he, I mean, he had some really messed nah. up stuff. Now, did he do some good? Yes, of course he did. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I – And, I, and, and you and really I talking about stuff the bad said, but doesn't he had some hidden mean lies. anything about that. The good yeah. is the good. I don't fucking but it, care. But that's the problem, too. He was in the system, too. Who mm-hmm. is he going to tell that he's wanting to cheat on his wife and get nudes? I mean, he, he told sure. the lady he was going to kill himself if she outed him. He says, I'm going to commit suicide. And then he makes her you know, sign an NDA or whatever. Yeah. I mean, and that's just part of the story. Hopefully we'll get the guy on and hear more. But I'm saying, Ravi goes, wait, my whole life's over. <laughs> if, it, it, if you actually do some of this stuff. Right. I mean, he's then, a victim, then, too, in a sense of the system. In a sense, now, way, he, because he, he, he perpetuated it for sure. Yeah, right. But at the same sure. time, like, he... he the the system is so shitty you can't get out of it. That's I yep. mean that's, there yes, are so that's many. Right. Yes, there's I mean, so many pastors. I mean, 100%. I'm really I'm, I'm telling cool you I've been territory. I've been writing more about this and seeing. But I mean I'm telling you pastors are in real trouble of committing mm-hmm. suicide and we're seeing it more mm-hmm. and more. I read an article today that said in the last eight weeks I think there's been a year's worth of suicide attempts already, <laughs> already. And I, I, so maybe somebody can fact check me. It was just one article I saw, but I, I, I'm sure the suicide attempts are up no matter what, probably because of the pandemic. But yeah, I'm telling you, yeah. you cannot keep up this false life. It causes – when you are struggling – so now, Andy, even going back to what you're saying, it this might be maybe you're more true than when you're a Christian now. You might be actually pursuing truth more. I am. Well, and I, here's the here's the crazy thing too is like th- this gets at my anti-authoritarian thing is like you know wh- when they told me in church, oh, you've got to feed the poor. I'm like, fucking why? I don't like the reasons you're giving me right now. Like, yeah, that's a good thing to do, fe- feed the poor, or do, to help people, or whatever. But like, the reasons behind it never made sense to me. And now that I've gotten rid of all that shit, it comes nat. It comes so much more naturally. Like right. empathy for people, like care for any other human being around me without any caveats or asterisks. Like, oh, mm-hmm. I don't have to look at a gay person and be like, well, th- their life is a sin, I guess, but I love them as a per-. You know, I don't have to do right. any of this mental gymnastics. I just get to, you know, I see, I see a homeless person on the side of the street. I don't have to do this like, well, what are they going to do with the money? I'm just like, 
fucking give them money. Like I, my life started off with it, things being simple. Like, oh, you're a kid. You're like, oh, mom, there's a homeless person on it. We should, they're asking for money. We should give them money, right? And your parents are like, well, right. they might use it to buy drugs or alcohol. <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, so it sounds like there's a formula you got to use to help people. That's, right. I mean, that's fucking Republicans for you. That's my parents. But, um, but now I'm coming back around. I'm like, yo, it seems like what Jesus was saying is when people ask for help, you help them. Yeah. There's no means testing. There's no drug test. There's no whatever. Um, you just help people. Like it, things are simpler. Like yeah. as complicated as Christianity is, it's almost like too easy. The gymnastics <laughs> is a really good uh, way to get a grip on it because everybody knows that you have areas of your life with cognitive dissonance that you're having to do mental gymnastics to deal with no matter what everybody has that and to deny that at all is to be ridiculous but the areas where you feel it or getting frustrated or angry are probably them and where you feel trapped or bottled in or not free to choose or question are them and i think the territory that'd be really interesting to get at here is what's in common with christian music and what ravi you know what you did and what we're saying about ravi here which is it's not to trash the man who's died recently but i think there's a just a unbelievable lesson there um for for him i think it's very understandable and not very extreme and i don't even think i'm saying anything that bad about him but i really feel that he is in basically the same position as that guy from hulk nelson which i want to talk about too steiger so what happened to ravi in my opinion was he wanted to do good he was trying to do good he has this brilliant brain and he realizes he's being praised for his intellect and then he then he gets credentials and these things and he thinks these are the vehicle to help do the thing that's super important that he probably felt get what all the same feelings you felt like well i better do the right thing and at some point it just became him and he's the guy with this scholar that's really smart and he has the degrees and so then eventually and this isn't i don't blame him for this i mean i I, you know like you you do whatever you can in your career at some point he's just but he you know he, he starts cheating some of his credentials and faking things and stuff like that i mean that's understandable i don't even care but i mean it shows you that he was that his self presented image and the work it was supposed to do is is some, it was like the highest priority for him and that's the same the artist performer guy with a christian business like you get in this pinch there where you start pursuing it and then it becomes who you are and then you've got to keep it up and then you've got to suppress yeah. more stuff and so all that stuff totally makes sense and it's exactly what the guy from hawk nelson went through and exactly what we face being in emory and starting to tiptoe into christian music and should we do this for money and what should, will that matter yeah. like we had all those same choices to make and we didn't handle them all that well we wrestled with some of the same ones and i think came down on some of the right sides but there were right. times when we were doing music where i could where it was like well maybe we should write these Christian hits. Like you could feel that as an available avenue and it would have been a good thing for a right thing and then you'd get down this whole road. Now, where I get off with Ravi, though, is an NDA. I just, yeah. I I mean, I I don't hear people talking a lot lot about it a ton, but NDAs, I think, are fun almost totally evil things yes, i just don't believe 100%. in them uh, you mm-hmm. know like i understand that there's some business stuff where you have an nda about competition of your property products or you right. know, business strategies yeah. that's not really what i'm talking about but people that have ndas period about stuff you've settled with about civil this or that or sexual harassment or any of that stuff that just means you can buy somebody off i mean that's what yeah. it is there's money involved and i think it's wrong to accept an nda too by the way, I know people that have NDAs. I'm like, fuck sure. you. That just means you got money, and, and now you're not free anymore. 
You yeah. can't tell this thing is because I know people that have NDAs and it's ruining their life because they can't talk about it. But they got paid. Well, well, and maybe to bring it back around is like one of the things I've learned through my therapy, which again has been like one of the most important things, is like j- just plain old being honest. Like like one one of the first like instances of this was my therapist was like I was going on this uh, fishing trip with my dad and my uncle, and like I hadn't come out as not believing in God anymore. And I just had like this incredible anxiety because I was like the the view my parents have of me and my dad and my uncle is almost 180 degrees off from where I'm actually at. And just that just knowing that that exists just feels really stupid and terrible, you know. Yeah. So my, my first experiment in just like blunt honesty was like, so we're we're driving we're, we're maybe an hour into the ride. And then like I just kind of paused the music real quick and I was like, hey, guys, I got. I got three things to tell you. I was like, one, I don't believe in God anymore. Two, I smoke weed every day to go to sleep because I'm anxious <laughs> and I feel terrible. And three, I hate Republicans and I never am going to be one. And I know you are. So, um, <laughs> so I was just like, I just like, blah. And, and ever since then, I am addicted to honesty. Like every time I do that, yeah, I love that. It's a weight off and it's right. all I want to do. Like I will tell you guys anything right now i don't give a fuck <laughs> because i am so addicted to just and like, i don't have any masters right i'm, I'm gone right. from the system i yes. purposefully stayed out of the stupid fucking christian industry um i don't have anything to be canceled i don't have any shows to be canceled i don't have any albums to be shelved or whatever from right. saying this stuff and that's why john had to fucking wait to get out of hawk nelson and do his creative work before he said this stuff right. which again christian's is this what you fucking want from your people who are doing art? Um, right. But yeah, it, it's I hate it all. Well, so. let's talk about the Hawk Nelson guy. But to be clear with Ravi, the, the point where it gets evil to me is when at some point to protect that image that he built that was all for good purposes, he had to pay a woman yeah. money to mm-hmm. get away with something bad. Yep. Uh, and that and that's just I don't see how like that's an uncrossable divide in my mind. Like, well, it doesn't matter totally. what else. How, I understand how you got there, but and once if, you if get we, there, if you cross that bridge, I, I don't, I don't. I mean, I don't know what else to say. I don't know how to and, ra- rationalize that. And in if any we can't way. talk about it now, right. uh, when when are we going? Is there a date I can put on my calendar that I could start fucking railing this guy for this? Do I have to wait a week or a month or what? What is it? Because we're gonna have to deal with this shit eventually. Like, I really think this stuff on a big level is going to crumble and like someone like Ravi has is going to get his due because people mm-hmm. are being harmed because of the things he propagated and the things he did we should deal with it right now as soon but, as possible but it's it's almost innocuous how you get there i think it's a similar situation yeah. that i've been in before not the one with the nda but just the one where you see oh my career is this and my identity is this and i could go down this path and being in Christian music, like the Hawk Nelson thing, and John, John Steigert is his name, correct? Something like that. Yeah. I, yeah. And so that, I, I've, you know, okay, I'll put it this way. I'm going to play some music, too, while we're here. Let's talk about Hawk Nelson. Okay. The, the, one of the things I thought was amazing was he was talking about in his uh, post. Uh, on his Instagram, John Steigert. Yeah, so this name. whole thing's just crazy. So first of all, John Steigert of Hawk Nelson, Steingard. who became the lead singer in like, oh, he, he became the singer in, in 2012 but was in the band since 04 um but he you know to come out like this is is a, is a really big deal yeah. for him but it's uh 
I, I don't even know how to explain the story, but it's big. Like it's on Fox News, it's on Billboard. Like it's, I, I'm, I'm kind of troubled by the fact that it's a big story. Like I, I don't understand how a guy like me or him, because I don't think there's much difference in tooth and nail artists that are guitarists and tooth and nail bands from '04, and then yeah. they have changes in their faith. I don't see how that's a big <laughs> giant news story. You know, like is it that he presented it as this big thing or or whatever? So I'm, I'm kind of curious why it's a cultural flashpoint like you're all hyped up about it i'm just over here slowly deconstructing for years and saying trying to get free and say what i think for years meanwhile somebody like you has this really harsh change somebody like he does and it's all over the news so there's some cultural flashpoint that's happening here and i'm just trying to see where the missteps you know could that have been me or is it me or is it me in the future you know that's kind of where i'm at with the with the territory there but he's he's you know yeah, What's I your take on this? Thing? I mean, you, well, talk about you specifically. You've done a good job of not caring from the beginning. Like, you've, 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 you've taken your audience and it's like the frog in the, in the hot water, right? <laughs> You're like slowly raising the water, like, and then we're all boiling. So it's fine. Um, but I mean, like, and I, I feel so exactly the same as John on this, except for, I mean, John's, I feel this most about John and Dave Bazan's stories. Like they're exactly the same as mine, just at higher level, both in terms of intensity, publicity, all of it. You know, mm-hmm. um, the thing that kills me in John's post this this is on the on the first uh, picture or whatever. He says, "I have been terrified to be honest about this publicly for quite some time." because of all that I thought I would lose. I'm still scared, and I'm writing about this now for a few reasons. So that that's the part that completely kills me, because that's exactly what I felt, to a lesser degree even, because I never attached myself right. to the Christian industry, and and people attached me to it more than I wanted to, and I, I, I pushed back on that the entire time, because I always felt bad about it. But that thing that, you know... All of you listening who are going to your churches every Sunday, you've got a system that is keeping artists from being remotely honest, from being from anyone being remotely honest. And I can't believe that we are tolerating that in a system based on Jesus. <laughs> like it's absolutely insane to me but maybe that someone like this can't be honest but maybe some you know? people are frustrated that people like him i mean like it's easy to look and say well what, dude you're pretending like that's well, not he, I mean, he that's shitty that. of him right yes yeah and i'm just saying i think that's an interesting part of the topic is there's a lot of people who okay per, first of all there's a part of me that goes well come on dude i didn't do that and I said what I, I was in. I was the same place as this guy, and I didn't suppress all that and pretend, and then make bullshit music, and then come out and get a bunch of Fox News stories written about me. I just yeah. dealt with it. So part of me has a slightly different take. Than, I'm not like, oh, poor guy. Like, well, he got himself in that situation. It's part of the way I look at that. Sure. I mean, I, I, and I, he was profiting I, from it too. So there's a, there's that's sure. something. That's I mean, not, he was push- being fake in my view until now. Or I mean, is he I, hamming it up now? Is that not a reasonable question? I, mean, I believe I believe him completely, especially because the stuff he says about anxiety and depression coming from this. Like, I, I believe him. I'm just saying, there's a you know, there's another way to react to it. That's oh yeah. Well, and, and he did talk about the second paragraph. He's like growing up in a Christian home, being a pastor's kid, playing and singing in a Christian band, and having the word Christian in front of most of the things in my life. He had no fucking choice. 
That's what I think. Yeah, but okay, here's what I'm saying. Let's listen to, okay, so he says in this post, he says, and I'm not crashing on him, I'm just trying to really get at it. He said, while I know, while I can no longer stand on stage in good conscience and sing songs like Drops in the Ocean, I no longer fear losing my place in Christian music. I, I know this means giving up voluntarily, but let's. I'm going to play some of the song here. I was just listening to it when he's. I, I I listened to it when I was reading the thing. Um, so I mean, this is. Uh, it's got 15 million plays. This song. It, it's on their album Diamonds in 2015. So this is like him, you know, being a. This is something he doesn't believe, and it's just. This is such a cheesy song. Yeah. Like it's the songs you make fun of. Yeah. You know, and he got here. Nobody made him do this or get here is what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, that's not like he's he's writing really shitty music here, in my opinion. Uh-huh. Right? To yeah. get money. Yes. You know, 100 percent. I mean, I mean, I'm I've got friends who are in the exact same boat who they're they're stuck here. They got families and mortgages, and they right. can't do what John did. Hey, can you turn that off? I'm yeah. dying inside. Is that loud? <laughs> <laughs> no. Here's what I, this is what's really crazy about that. It did make me think this because of the church and the safety issues, and all uh, you know, you got to be safe, and you got to talk, you got to sing about this and this and this. Um, that it created a, a whole genre of music that is subpar mostly. It, but he doesn't even yeah. like that you know music I mean? or believe in it. No, I mean, you I know, know, like, I just but, don't buy that. I think it's just, you, you know, cause, okay, so Hawk Nelson's first record, and he wasn't the singer on this, but I mean, they were a Christian band. Yeah, fine. You're a Christian band. But they were just like Blink-182 kind of a thing, you know? Like, yeah. they were just they were just playing music like, what's one of the big songs? Uh, I mean, that the, even their big songs from way back when they were a tooth and nail band originally don't have near the place that this Christian fifteen million on that last one. This was a song from their other album, and it's just you know, it's about moving to California. This is real. This is fine. Like right. you may be say, you may say it's pop punk or it's yeah. light, but this is real music, right? Right. So so they went from here as a successful. Christian band writing whatever they wanted to and then eventually land in the place where he, he made I mean in my view a lot of moral sacrifices down the wrong path for a long time until he couldn't take it anymore you know yeah. I mean yeah but to, to, to maybe kind of overlay his story on mine is like I would guess he felt for towards the end there he's like this is you you get into a place where you're like this is what I've done my entire life this is what I believe I can't do anything else like right. the, and Same that's kind of what I was trying leave, to get yeah. at right. earlier. So You've got these ideas too. of of faith and theology. These words that truly mean we don't know for sure about this thing, and yet the entire system from the bottom up is based on knowing it for sure and mm-hmm. saying Jesus is the only way to this, and this is the only way you get to that, and the entire thing turns into a fucking snowball from that. Well, I'm not surprised and, and then that you no have one can get massive mental illness if you're living that way and having to write that music to get your paycheck and pretend and you're feeling this way. You exactly. must be mentally ill if yes. you're in that. You must be facing suicide and that's, every and that's other why, thing if you get that. And there. that's why I say it's going to happen a lot more right now because like, yeah. I'm 33. I'm about to turn 34. I think a lot of us my age are falling apart right now. 
I think Literally so too. Right now, <laughs> that's what I agree. And I, I seriously, those of you listening to this who hate your church, stop going. Don't listen to your pastor. Get out of there. <laughs> well, the, pa- the pastors <laughs> are in the same place that Ravi was, and this guy from Hawk Nelson. Yeah. The p- pastors are is the in same. a terrible spot. They're they're making all their money from an ideal that they can't change. Like to me, the most important thing in all this shit is the ability to change your mind. Pastors cannot do that. They have no ability to do that if you're a vocational pastor. That's why I, one of my things is I don't I don't think there should be vocational pastors. Well, like, it's not. I think it's bad. partly about the money, but it's more just that they are in a system that's already extremely difficult to get out if you're a volunteer like you, yeah. or or just a regular person like you said the the the, the nanny of ours that was on. Like it's hard enough just to be in there and get out. If your rest of your identity as a leader depends on it, then it's almost impossible. And then you just add income to it. It's not that they're crooks that only want money. No, I don't think anybody hardly thinks that. But that just makes it a lot harder if your paycheck depends on you not. You know, doing hard yeah. things that are already very hard to do, and then yeah. of course it takes a toll on your mental health. I mean, there's just no way around that. But Toby, mm-hmm. can't you have seen if we wanted, if you did just how much different would have had to gone for you to have a little success with a Christian thing in 2006 and be where he is now? Like it could yeah. have happened, right? To oh, you, 100. percent I mean, I, I thought that I, Devin and I thought we were going to write some Christian songs, even for you know. I mean, we talked. And what if it to, worked? Tooth and L label about writing right. Christian songs, and even met with a wrote with the guy. Yeah, me and Toby day, did writing to write some what Christian was that song? songs. Yeah, now, let's just talk about that one it, thing though. Like, yeah. was that bad? Like, we were writing well, a we song thought, and it was cheesy. I, okay, I'll say I'll say fifty fifty. One, I thought, oh well, I'm a Christian and, I, and I'm, I've always written about God and stuff, so I should write just more. Christian songs, and maybe mine will be cooler than that, but, you know, whatever. I mean, Matt and Toby albums have been about God and stuff like that. I mean, if if they'd been massively success, successful, we'd have been like Jeremy Camp. It would have uh-huh. been really hard. And really hard. maybe I would have went the other way and just believed more. I don't know. Like, I, I think... That that's nah. the thing that, that no you wouldn't you'd have been yeah, mentally you, ill though I hope you're right it, it would have been a but I'm saying it's really hard once they're I mean once way. a pastor get he starts preaching in front of thirty people and that turns to three hundred and then that turns to ten thousand yeah how are you who, who does he go to right. I mean we had right. Perry Noble on here of a very successful mega church in South Carolina and he's not he has a terrible marriage and an alcohol problem and who can he tell and all, uh, it inevitably just. In, ends it all right and so he has something his church could be canceled i, I was reading i read you this quote uh earlier but uh this comes from this is joe rogan quote when you have something that can't get canceled you can be free and i was like man what a great comment because if you're working for that uh church and you want to say what you actually believe hey the drummer sucks i don't want to do this and maybe you're yeah. even wrong. Like, maybe you're wrong. Maybe the drummer does need to play. I'm okay with even that. Maybe, you know, I don't know what I believe about uh, 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 homosexuality. I, I actually think they're, they're awesome. And I, if you say something like that, you can get canceled. People will start mistrusting yeah. you. Yeah. My, my family mistrusts me now because <laughs> I say I'm thinking things through. I'm, I've changed my thoughts on things. They don't trust me anymore. I've been, in some ways, canceled by my own family because yeah. of yeah. God. Same here. Can you? Did you hear what I said? I've been canceled because I'm trying to find <laughs> truth in God. Yep. As a Christian. Uh, yeah, I'm still a Christian. I still yeah, believe right. in Jesus. Right. Well, and, and let, let me say even even further that that, that thing I said I said about the Dave Bazan film. That's me admitting to a more spiritual experience than I ever had when I was a Christian ever. And I'm telling you that because what I kind of want to say is like, yo. 
this Jesus Christian box that you have it in, it's yeah. the smaller one. I'm in the bigger one right. where I'm admitting a spiritual experience. I'm I'm letting it be. The other thing about the David Bazan film is he's like, at the end where he's like, seems like a closed system, but he's like, I refuse. He basically says, I refuse to name it because that's when the yeah. problems come in. So all I'm doing is receiving. I'm like, I'm going to do my thing. Apparently, whatever is out there says I'm cool. I'm just going to do my thing. And that's it. That's all we got to do. And the rest of it is bullshit. The rest of the the building, the 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 heating bill, your pastor's salary—it's all bullshit. That's what I think. So it, there you it go. leaves it leaves you though in a territory where you see Dave, and if you know, if I'm looking at Dave overall, it's been a downward vibe for him, and he ain't. I mean, I I'm I don't I can't speak for his internal state, but he doesn't seem super healthy and happy and thriving. It's just not the way I would describe him. And so a lot of people would say, well, see, you just deconstruct and then you fall apart and you're mentally ill. I mean, people but you'd say, I'll, I'll, I give people that, that out for me all the time. I say, I, I'm fucking, I smoke weed every day. I, you know, I, people, I could give you any number of facts that would let uh, someone not believe my story or give an out. Like that, I don't care because that's, that's what the system does is they look at people like me and say, oh, that guy's actually not happy. He's not doing yeah, well. Yeah, see what happens That's what to they him. need to he, know. That's what they out. need to hear. Yeah. Where, whereas what I'm actually saying is I feel alive. I feel a peace, a freedom that was, all those words were used in church and said that I could have them and I fucking never did. And now I do. The moment I leave and the moment I'm honest about it. So what is that? What is that? You know, I totally agree. And I would just say that it makes sense that you have some anger or depression or the mental effects even after you get out of the system and try to start resolving your dissonance. That may be when a lot of the real pain and results of the trauma come. So it's not I keep being angry about stuff and I'm just like I'm annoyed with I'm done with being angry. Like my ideal scenario is to know I don't want to fucking know anything about Ravi Zacharias. I want to know nothing about the damn guy. I don't want to even be on your podcast. I don't want to talk about Christianity at all. I want it to... Hey, Dave Bazan says in the film, he's like, the tree is bad, the fruit is bad, cut it down and burn it. Like, do that. That's. I, I don't have anyone... I don't have any stake in it. I don't have any masters or authorities in it. The whole thing should fall... Well, I don't you, care. It seems like you still have some <laughs> emotional ties to it, for sure. Like, it, like, yeah, like well, you're going through the, you're going through the entire, stage now of where it, you, my wife you, is still a believer. Right. My entire family is. Right. My my kids, two of my kids have said, "Oh, I don't believe in God anymore." Two of them maybe still do. I mean, you know, I don't know. How has it been with your marriage? Has it been okay with you? It's been awesome. Really? Yeah. The honest the honesty matters more than than yeah. a con- continuity and belief. That's all. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. That's, I can see that being a total plus. I, I think the thing that what too is, whenever somebody says I'm I'm upset with uh, with my experience with church, Christians often still have to defend as if God and Jesus is the same for everybody, and He's exactly it's that same box that we all fit into, and that box is small. If we all fit into the same yeah. boxes, that makes no sense to me. Like that, that what there's just this one yeah. one way, and that is it, and you can't expand outside of that. So you're just in this. But there's all these other thoughts that you can have about God, and just explore some. That's what I'm saying. Like I, I, I think in some ways, Dave Bazan now. It seems uh, if if he is potentially worse for wear or whatever, uh, it's because he in some ways he got canceled by Christian culture, right? Like he started exploring. Still, still a phenomenal musician. Is right, written great music. But now a lot of the people that liked him because he was a Christian man, he's one of us. Now they they're gone, and he doesn't have that 
that same fan base anymore. And the new fan base is what artist wants fan bases like that. I, you know, right. That's, you write but, it but down if like it that, pays the bills, it's, it, get him out of there. You don't realize it. He didn't realize it at the time. He thought, you know, yeah, I mean, but, yeah, they did it though. He, he was, I mean, that's what I'm saying. There's an element of this. that's really slightly frustrating because the people, okay. Like you said that the lady that was on our show, Kayla, who was our nanny, no. and people like you, and the people at YWAM, and all these people I've spent so long around are very angry, and they weren't mm-hmm. really, it's like they weren't, they, they say it now like they weren't really believers, but those motherfuckers, y'all motherfuckers, were the ones always giving me a really hard time, and making it difficult for people like me, who still identify as Christian, and was just trying to be normal the whole time. And the one, people that seemed like they never even believed in the first place were the ones acting all zealous and making it hard. You know, people yep. like the, the guy in Hawk Nelson making that music, it, it, that's hard for me. That makes yeah. it harder for a regular person to exist in a faith kind of a well, thing. And, so that and maybe, frustrates me maybe, maybe the way this is transitioning is because I, yeah, I said I'm, I'm 33. So what my music career has been, I haven't had a job in what nine years now i've been doing music for a living for almost a decade um like i feel like maybe people my age are are doing their careers and their living seeing this stuff for the first time and knowing because i i sort of started coming up doing creative stuff sort of in a christian world and i i saw the first gungor thing go down where he was like oh maybe adam isn't real and everyone flipped the fuck out and i was like holy shit i don't want you fans who yeah. wants those as fans? So like that that was so long ago. That but was the, a really Hall long Nelson time Singer ago. wanted those fans, cultivate them, made active decisions, sought yeah. them, right? So and, what do you mean and, who and wants them? I, I would it. say Ravi wants them. I, yeah, 100%. And, that, and that's because they started that journey decades before, and I started it slightly later. So I got to see what happened to those guys, a lo- like the very beginning of it. And I was like, whoa, wait, no. I, yeah. 100% do not want that and I hope that's what most people are saying now I don't want to be a no one should want to be John from Hawk Nelson no, no you shouldn't no, live a not. lie for 20 years no, or that's what I'm saying long it was, you know? but the whole time you're living the lie you're being phony and yes. you're probably being overzealous and religious more than the people that actually believe the stuff and that's where I a mean, lot of the damage so, comes from the yeah. damn people that don't even believe it pretending it's because they're all lying too, though. They're all lying too. The fans are lying too. They have hidden lives as well, and they and they, they it, yeah. it, it, it just breeds uh, a false life. It really does. That's, I, th- I think that's what the, that's what I learned from the music industry. That's what I learned from church is that it's a false life where if you are mm-hmm. honest, then you can be really wrong, and, and <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, yeah. And and cast out maybe is the better way than wrong. Yeah, now and, and people comes people the will push back. They'll be like, "Oh, well, not not my church." I'm like, "Yes, your church. Yes, your church. Yeah, definitely your church. Yeah. Yes, your church. You listening? It's your church." Okay? <laughs> <laughs> that, but that's what I'm saying. Like, it doesn't. They all. Everybody says we're completely different, but then they have to agree on the exact. Oh same my things. god. Dude, just, can I yeah, talk about good. fucking Calvary of Albuquerque for a second? The one that uh, <laughs> stupid... Don't dox Stephen, anybody, but go ahead. <laughs> I'll dox whoever I want. Stephen Christian, worship leader there, right? Uh, yeah, he was. Freaking Aaron Gillespie went there. He talked shit about it. He didn't say the name Calvary. He talked about it on your podcast. He's like, that place sucks. They have all these uh, billboards out in Albuquerque right now. It, all it says is, Jesus hated religion too. And then it says, at 
Calvary of Albuquerque. <laughs> like it has their Twitter handle. And like you fucking idiots have it so backwards. You think you are not the person you're talking about in that billboard. I cannot believe how backwards it is. We got Citizen Church here, just rebranded, spent a bunch of money to rebrand their fucking church. I've got friends from there who've been burned. I got friends from Calvary who've been burned. I got friends who have people who have killed themselves because of stuff that happened at Calvary that people don't know about yet. We're writing an al- My friends and I are writing an album because we're all insanely mad at the church and we're going to name names and try to present these Good. songs to churches around okay. Albuquerque because we don't have authority. We can't lose anything from doing this. It seems like a lot of people have a lot to lose by being honest about this shit. We don't. So we're going to fucking go for it. Well, that's true in all a culture now is what do you what can you lose or what can be taken from you because of like, you know, like what are you dependent on platform-wise or yeah. organization-wise and what can be canceled and threatened. And it is and I, it does seem true that the the church has always had an element of that threat, you know, it kind of in the background, but it's uh to me one thing I've learned through it, it happens on the micro and the macro level. So yes, the people that are saying "not my church," it's yeah. true that that those churches really don't believe it's them. But it really mm-hmm. is them. Of course, that's mm-hmm. true. But that's mm-hmm. true about me and you and every, the more I've learned about my failures, especially recently, the things that upset me the most that I'm reacting to the most, it's probably because I'm that too. Like the fact that I'm saying, how can this person be so crazy? The fact that I'm reacting so hard is probably causing a very next step over adjacent blind spot in me. Like those, yeah. You you can feel that when you're having a strong reaction or not wanting what you're saying about that church not to be my church. The fact that you're having the strong reaction is probably indicative of a blind spot. And that's al- almost always true of me. I'm not saying about you. I'm just saying if you're feeling defensive about a thing like that, the fact that you're coming up with the argument and feeling I don't know emotionally charged, it's, it's a lot of times that's really because there's something right next. To, you know, it's usually also true about myself when I get it when I feel those types yeah. of thoughts when I look back. I mean, on I'll, it. What I would say to that is like kind of like what I said earlier is I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be so passionate about this if it if it was just my experience. Mm-hmm. You know. It is literally every single one of my friends, literally all of them, have lost their faith completely. A lot of them were more involved at church than I was. One of them was a youth youth pastor. One of them was a full-time worship leader. They both had to leave those positions before they could be honest about Don't anything. you think it's highly predictive that the people that were very zealous and flamed out also will replace that same activity with other religious-type behavior in things like activism, though? That is my big worry. I don't know. It, the thing that's been cool is uh, with with my specific group of friends. You know, I can't speak generally about that. Is like we have we have grown so much closer together. Even as men, like like we we cry together as non Christians. We we like like my friend who was the ex worship leader. He we watched the Bazan doc together. He he saw it for the first time and he was just silent and then he broke down crying afterwards because he's like I this is this is me. This is all of us. You know, like. There is a community happening. All the things that the fucking Bible says, all the things that your stupid white pastor says from the pulpit, we are doing. And it is helping us. And we are thriving because of it. And it's we are thriving because we have exited that stupid system that hurt all of us. So, 
you guys are getting it 180 degrees wrong. <laughs> those of you listening who think you're not. Well, I do say you're right. Like, I, there is a danger of people uh, leaving the church and then just taking that still fundamental attitude I, and yeah, and just I'm, on I'm, the opposite side and canceling I'm people very aware or, of that. or, or and, saying you got to speak this way or this is how you're going to talk or this is, I mean, the same way as purity culture or something. Like, I, I've seen that, especially in the Twitterverse. A lot of sure. that, where you're like, "Wait a minute, hold on. This this sounds exactly like when I was at church." Yeah, yeah. And here, here's a- here's my thing on that too. Is like, I'm I'm ready to be a complete fucking idiot about this. I'm ready to be stupid. I'm ready to be over the top. And because I'm just one person, and if I can pull in the right direction, if I'm going, if I'm erring too far on the side of, you know, oh, the fact that for a split second I was glad a church burned down was like kind of freaky. Was like, no, I don't actually support arson of. My property, you know, but, but I, I, I don't care about what you just said. I'm pretty angry and I'm ready to target some people and some things and I don't care. I don't, I'll say, I don't think that's good. Well, I think that might might cause you more harm than you think. Well, but, but what it is, is like, I, the, the thing specifically for, it's not just this general, like, I'm just mad. It's like, there are very specific things. Like, for example, the, the church that uh, I used to go to, the Baptist one where I, I led worship, one of the things they did multiple times while I was there was uh, a young woman would get pregnant before marriage in the church, and they would put her up on the stage and make her apologize to the entire church. Mm, right. And that is something that has never been talked about that has never been reconciled one of those women is no longer a believer and is left to her husband and you know whatever it's just i the big thing for me is no one is taking responsibility for this shit no one is doing anything about it the people who try to say anything about it they're like oh we could maybe be better in like 10 years a little bit and i just I'm tired of incrementalism. I'm right. tired of people saying, oh, that's not how it's supposed to be. And then like leaving it at that, like, oh, cool. Awesome. Right. Uh, yeah. it, but that is how it is. Yeah. Like, I, there's a lot of people just deluded into what's going on, I think. That's I, I, it. I, I, I compare it to this. The, the, the most frustrating thing in the world is when I've said in the past, I'm mad about this, this happened at church or, or this or why can't this happen? And then people say the the line like we've been talking about, yeah, but they do this, they help, they do help the poor, they've done so much good, they did, but but I, that's the exact so, same uh, as saying, hey, man, another black man was killed by cops. Yes, yeah, but you know how good cops are. I, I, I get it. There are a lot of churches care. do some good, cops do good. I'm not talking about every aspect, but we if you keep doing that side of it, where you're like, yeah, but. Yeah, yeah, but stops real change from happening. Yep. Okay, and, and that's it. And that's I just want to stay here and talk change. about the black guy dying. Let's just just like, stay present with me on this. Stay present with me on the church screwed up here. Let's just stay present yeah. on that. We can get to the good stuff too. But this is where that voice. Yeah. You're right. Isn't being well, heard. And that's why that's like I like. There's a few Christians that I still like following, and like Shane Claiborne is one of them. And it's because like his tweets, he's fucking angry. He like yeah. tweets at senators. He's like, hey, this is shitty. What you're doing? He doesn't say shitty, but like right. he's like saying some. He's using some plain talk. He's like, "Hey, Trump yeah. is bad. People who support him are bad." Like, right. I'm like, "Thank you." <laughs> like, if you're a Christian supporting Trump, that's a problem. There's some dissonance there, at least. You know, like he's speaking plainly about some of this stuff. No one else is. Right. Yeah, I, I'm just tired. I'm tired of 
the wishy-washy. I'm tired of the cowardice. I'm tired of the hypocrisy. I just, I want nothing to do with it. And right. the, the, what's happening is I'm reacting as I see stuff. Like I saw the Ravi Zacharias thing. I never really read his stuff. I, I just told you, I never really cared or read about theology or the Bible or really anything. Um, but God damn it, that made me mad. Because I was like, this is someone, he's purely being celebrated right now. But he furthered this terrible system and further the NDA and that's just the icing on the cake, you know, like stupid. I'm tired of it. Right. I mean, <laughs> Jesus was angry. He called out lots of stuff. <laughs> I'm going to turn over some damn tables. I mean, he would try to do something and then the, the Pharisees would go, hey, yeah, but your disciples, you know, they're doing stuff on the Sabbath. And he's like, what are we focusing on here? What yeah. are we focusing on? That, that- yeah, I had a... I was talking to a family member about the Bazan film. I was like, yeah, it's, he's, he's speaking like a prophet. Mm, and, and they were like, well, but he's not. He's not. <laughs> and I was like, why, why not? <laughs> why is he not right, a prophet? Right, right. Like, what, what, just because, you know, I, I, I don't know. My, my hope is, uh, I, and I think you're probably going through a lot of the process right now of figuring out yeah. the hurt and the pain and all that stuff. Uh, and you know, we've been doing this podcast and our band and all this stuff, pulling shit out of our history for a while. <laughs> I, I'm wondering if there could be some form of church that is maybe even comes out of something like the pandemic where it is yeah. not the same. Maybe there is something where people could actually have ideas and be thoughtful and more like a Shane Claiborne or you know something. What? Maybe there could be something like that. You know what my response to that is, is I think it's happening already. And the church just needs to stop trying to take it over. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, like I'm doing yes. it. I'm the, doing the it with my friends the, right now. The, yeah, the, authority you, the church is trying to. Still. The church is trying to solve a problem in a shitty way that is already solved for a lot of people. Right. Yes, I, it's but not, it's not trying to everyone. get credit though. That's the issue. Yes, it's image exactly. and credit. Control. So every and, single and thing so, that the Bible says and Jesus says and the gospel and who to help and how to do it. That is all so possible without you getting credit for it and being named yes. and having an LLC or whatever the nonprofit yeah, 100%. thing. You don't have and, to and, and, do it that and That's way. why a lot of this is like people might be you like, oh, well, what, what should brand. we – Yeah, what should we change about our church? Or like disband it, sell your building. Right, right. And, and do everything uh, fire more everyone. And, and trash the brand. Just forget yes. the brand part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just get rid of that part. Uh, but, the, the, but they won't. The credit. You know, no system. one can do that. Well, that's because it's really hard, you it's really hard to love your actual neighbor because yeah. you don't know them, and they might believe or think or look completely different than you. That's really hard. Oh, so the so the thing that is real, it's easier to go, I'll go where the building that has the air condition and the donuts and the like-minded people, and we'll get and, along. Uh, and maybe occasionally we can have some people that are a little bit different come. I mean, that, that yeah. this isn't going to work. And everybody knows there's some kind of fakeness to it. You know, the, the loyalty is some kind of defense. That's why I think yeah. people get so defensive about it because they know there is something, something yeah. wrong, maybe. So you just defend it over, uh, uh, overly so. But. Yeah, and Toby, you, you used to talk a lot about graduating from church. Yeah. Like, I still, yeah. you know, when we left the Baptist church, the pastor made us feel really bad. We had a, we had a meeting with him directly, and he yeah. made us feel pretty bad for leaving. And I'm like, so... Any church that has like a membership system, I think that's really shitty. Right. You know, I think that's super shitty. And like, like I'd like to start using the word cults, to be honest, for some of this stuff. I think stuff. it's reasonable. I think cults I really and watching out for cults is a, probably a huge, huge frontier for the future. And I want to say this we'll get out of here, but 
the mm-hmm. point of uh, I really appreciate you being willing to express in the free sense that that you are. And so what works for me is I think obviously there's division that is causing extra energy and emotion because of what's suppressed and coming out later. And some people yeah. will hear you and really discount you because of what they're yeah. going to say is your anger and all that. And you, you've accepted that, yeah. and you're broadcasting that, and you're not hiding that. So it's not like you've turned right. nope. to become a sneaky activist that's here to take no, down the church and, and, and presenting all The only, the only all thing fake. I have to say to those people is this is me being healthy. So if you want to deny me health, then go ahead, but fuck you. Well, so, either way, I'm just go. saying you're giving people the ability to discount you by just by, by sure. speaking in Do that manner right care. there. Sounds abrasive and obnoxious. Therefore, I'm, people can take I'm it and leave it, and they will. Listen, let's look at the fucking scoreboard. I smoke weed every day. I play Fortnite. I'm getting pretty fucking good at it. I do music <laughs> for a living. It's really fun. I'm about to buy a house in an awesome part of the... I'm doing great. I'm doing really good. And that's not like a flex or whatever, but I'm just like... If you're trying to paint me as like, oh, he's doing really, like, I got some shit I'm struggling with. I'm really dealing with this mental health stuff, but I am and you're on saying top of the it. irritable bowel I'm and your prostate it. are pretty bad. Too. My my asshole is yeah. so big <laughs> from all the shit that's coming out of it. I just I would show it to you, but I'm assuming you'd get banned. But but yeah, it's just I I I I feel like I am on the right path for the first time in my entire life. So if you want to. Argue with me about that? I mean, well, I don't people are always going to disagree with you. They they're still in their church system or whatever, so of course they would disagree. Maybe they should. That's what I'm saying. If they actually yeah, believe it, they probably I, should disagree with you, right? But and the, the big thing for me is like I, you know, this is comes out through therapy too. Hot, everyone go to therapy. It's so awesome. But um, like I forgot what I was going to say. So there you go. You have a terrible therapist. <laughs> can't even, you can't even remember stuff anymore. I'll tell you one thing you should be a member of is the BC Club. BC Club. (laughs) The BC Club. Yes. That's a membership that you can can, uh, start or end on your terms. There ain't no shame in your game. We ain't going to make you feel bad if you leave. I mean, I I paid you guys $50 a month for a long time on that damn club. But if uh, if you're out there and you you like episodes like this and want to... If you're out no. there and love episodes like this and want more episodes, we uh, the BC Club gets extra episodes, uh, and it's been a lot of fun, and I see a lot of people commenting on this. We are, uh, what are we on, uh, BC Facebook page? We've been doing lots of video now, too, which is pretty fun, so come join us on Wednesdays when we're doing the podcast now with video. Anything yes. else you want to say, Matt? No, I'm good. Uh, check us out at Emory Land. And check out our show, Are You Listening, on Sunday night. Shane from Silverstein will be on this week. And then, Andy, I want you to come on that show. and We'll do a, a collaboration with some music yeah. or pedals or something sometime. We, yeah. we do a song every single week. Uh, this is like eight weeks in a row we've done a whole song or a collaboration or a reversion of our song where we're putting real effort into it and making well, I mean, it. Yeah. You know, the stuff has been really, really fun. We do it Sunday nights yeah. on Twitch. And we're just living a little bit of that streaming life, streamo show. So, hey, can um, can I plug my thing? Yeah, my streaming yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, so I do a thing at uh, seven a.m. Mountain Standard Time, so six a.m. Pacific, nine a.m. Eastern. So I I do this ambient guitar thing for an hour. It's lowercasenoises.com/slash/live. You'll see the next. That'll bring I'm, you to. I'm going to watch it. Uh, Monday, Wednesday, Fridays. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Right. Yeah, yes. watching on Friday. So yep. I just I just pull some uh, crap out of my butt for an hour, and people seem to like it. Yeah, that's give me great. Money while I do it, uh, people ask Patreon. me, "Is it okay you know, if why will you watch? You can pray to God. Or are you gonna? Uh, that <laughs> can is I pray forbidden. You will be banned from the stream if, if I hear about it. So just Father no, God, I, I just lift up Andy's <laughs> Father music. God, I just <laughs> Father God, these reverbs are really. Uh, 
praising your name today. <laughs> yeah. All right, we out of here. <laughs>